Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Sort of the Brian Post daily uh, or semi semi daily devotional podcast, and for those of you that have been following this podcast, you know that we have been going through the book of First Corinthians, and we're going to be taking a look at First Corinthians chapter four, verses eight to thirteen. Mind you, we'll have to probably come back to this text a couple of times, but I'm just going to go ahead and jump in with the text. Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and he says this: "You." are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I wish you could. And indeed, I could wish you did reign, that we might also reign for you, with you. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last, even as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to the angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To this present hour, we both hunger and thirst, and we were poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. And we labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we, we blessed, being persecuted, we endure being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscouring of all things until now. As we reflect upon this passage, from the past, it has consciously presented itself as a delightful text that raises the question of whether Paul's words were endued with facetiousness or sarcasm. We would contend that he did, in fact, employ sarcasm in a manner characterized by both affection and confrontation. So allow us to elucidate on the reasons behind our interpretation. He says, you're already full, you're already rich, you have reigned as kings. So firstly, we must address the entirety of Paul's statement as he goes on to further state, you have reigned without us. So this implies regardless of how the Corinthians perceived they reigned, it was evident that they were doing so independently of Paul and the other apostles, and I would even say the other Christian communities. Subsequently, Paul undermines their assertion by expressing, and indeed I wish you did reign, meaning that they weren't reigning. He says, so that we could reign with you. At a superficial level, one might interpret this as saying, I genuinely desire that you truly reign so that we may reign together. So let us contemplate the, the rendition um, provided by the New Living Translation to further give us some insight into this passage. The NLT says it this way, you already, okay, you think 
you already have everything you need. You think you are already rich. You have begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. I wish, uh, I wish you really were reigning already, for then we would be reigning with you. So that translation is a little more, I think, capturing the, the spirit or the tone. Uh, he's not saying that they were reigning, but that they thought that they were in a place that they weren't. So the, the passage does not specifically state the exact details of how the Corinthians believed they reigned as kings. However, based on the context and the broader understanding of the Corinthian society at the time, it's possible to speculate on what Paul might have been referring to. So in Paul's day, Corinth was a prosperous and influential city in ancient Greece, known for its wealth, commerce, and indulgent lifestyle. The Corinthians enjoyed economic success, cultural sophistication, and social prominence. They were likely accustomed to a sense of power, self-importance, due to their material wealth and social status. So when Paul says you're already full, you're already rich, you reign as kings without us, he's pointing out that the Corinthians considered themselves satisfied, wealthy, and powerful, even without the presence or the assistance of the apostles. We're reminded of the words of Jesus to the church of Laodicea, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. See, the problem in both these churches was a false sense of perception of their own spirituality. Could One could possibly inquire whether even in this early period, Paul highlighted the flawed underpinnings of the contemporary prosperity gospel. However, it's up to you to discern that. In somewhat of a derisive manner, Paul sarcastically remarks, remarks you reign as kings. But in contrast, to whom? Firstly, this claim falls short compared to Paul and the other apostles and fellow believers. The city itself was prosperous, leading to the assumption that the Corinthian church, in contrast to a struggling community, say like Jerusalem, had abundant material resources. We've already reserved, observed rather, in previous chapters, the abundance of spiritual gifts being demonstrated in this context. Paul says, I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all indulgence and in all knowledge, even if the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you came short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Nevertheless, despite their considerable wealth and abundant display of spiritual gifts, Paul's evaluation of the Corinthian church regarding their spiritual maturity resembling, resembled Christ's assessment of the Laodiceans. It was truthful and it was straightforward. For instance, he said, brethren, this is what he says to this church. He says, brethren, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, until now you're not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able, for you are carnal. Hmm, interesting. In conclusion, we can take away, what can we take away from this discussion? Well, we have pros considering at least four, four, four key points. First, our, our, our passage promotes the church to examine its motives, assess its spiritual maturity, guard against materialism, and prioritize genuine Christ-centered understanding of spirituality. 
And this passage offers lessons that the church can learn. Secondly, the passage, the Corinthians and the church of Laodicea fell into the trap of false perception. They believed that they were spiritually mature, rich, and lacking nothing. But they were spiritually lacking and needed growth. So this serves as a reminder that the church today to examine its own self-perception, ensuring that it aligns with God's truth rather than being influenced by worldly measures of success. Thirdly, the, the Corinthians' power and self-importance were tied to their material wealth and social status. And this reminds the church today of the potential pitfalls of materialism and the pursuit of worldly success. True spiritual riches and reign come from a deep relationship with God, not from accumulating material possessions or relying solely on worldly accomplishments. And finally, despite the Corinthians' display of spiritual gifts, Paul identified their immaturity and addressed it directly. This highlights the significance of pursuing spiritual maturity within the church today. It emphasizes it emphasizes the need for a solid, solid foundation in Christ, the intake of spiritual food and wisdom, discernment, and character growth. The mention of the potential parallel between the contemporary prosperity gospel serves as a reminder to discern the authenticity of teachings within the church. Paul's sarcasm and criticism suggests that the Corinth may have embraced a distorted view of spirituality that, that, that valued material wealth, health, and power. So it calls for vigilance in evaluating and testifying against the truth of Scripture. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.